I want to say thank you for joining in, whether you're watching online or at Seven Lakes or you're here in person. We are a church that exists to fill the city with Jesus. And the best part about that is we get to do it with our friends. I love doing life with you. This is a family. You all are incredible. And if you're wondering who I am, maybe you're new to the family. My name's Thomas Taguchi. I'm your Connections Pastor. It's a privilege to be on the team here today. And today's message is especially important to me because I love Easter. Hear me on this. But baptisms, there's just something special about a baptism weekend. Is it not? It's good. It's life change. It's just rich. And so today's message is entitled, Becoming New. And it's this whole idea that God has offered to you and I to become new. And so if you're physically able, would you stand for the reading of God's word? And that includes you, my pajama-wearing friends watching online or Seven Lakes. Let's go ahead and jump into Romans chapter 6, verse 1. Well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. If you'd bow your heads, let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much that you have graciously offered the opportunity for us to live new lives, that you are willing to pay any price to bring us into the family to be one with you. And God, we just ask that today, would you be here with us? Would you encounter us? Would we encounter you? And would we leave changed? Thank you for this in Jesus' name. And the church said, I love it. Go ahead and take your seat, Grace. Take your seat. Now, whenever you are in the scripture, it is so important that you and I, that we go into the context. And so what Paul is addressing here at the beginning of chapter six is an accusation made against his ministry, which is this, that if God's grace is so radical, so much stronger than the sin of the world, then why don't we keep on sinning so that God can look more and more gracious? And Paul is like, absolutely not. And he does this great analogy. He says, have you forgotten? Have you forgotten that when you were baptized, you joined Jesus? You joined him in his death and in the new life. Have you forgotten that God's grace was meant to lead you away from a lifestyle of sin into a brand new life? One that's rich and one that's full one that has purpose, one that is good. And it's such a radical invitation because I, to be honest with you, church, it still blows my mind that in baptism, Jesus is actually asking us to join him and become one with him. Have you not forgotten that when you were baptized, you joined Jesus? You were joined with him. So bring up uh, verse four. I wanna go on in this one. Romans chapter six, verse four. It says, for we died and were buried with Christ by, what's the word? What's the word? Come on. Now, I love the Greek for this. It's baptismatos. It's this whole idea of being baptized, but it comes from the root word, which is baptizo, which many of you may have heard before, but this is important. It means to dip, to sink, 
or to submerge. That's not a sprinkle. That's an all the way under. And some people may ask, all right, why? Why would we go all the way under the water? Well, don't you want all of God's blessings? Don't you want to be fully connected with him? In order to have a fully new life, you need to fully die to the last one. And when you see these people today go under the water, they are celebrating that their old life is over completely and fully, and their new life has completely and fully begun. That's why we're celebrating this. But if you keep reading in this, in this verse, it says, and just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may what? Someone say it. New lives. And that word lives is very important. It's not just physically, it's actually spiritually, it's emotionally, it's a completely holistic new life. But the word new, I love this. In the Greek, it comes from kainos. Someone say it with me, kainos. I'm gonna teach you some Greek. That's what we're gonna learn today. And what it means is so, is so valuable because it gives a rich new understanding. It says it's new, it's fresh, it's a fresh life. It's an unused, it's an unworn life. Have any of you ever seen students walk around like this? You ever see them do this little waddle? Anyone seen this? They have their new shoes and they, and they like lift their feet and they go side to side. I know you young people know what I'm talking about. Jackson knows what I'm talking about. Jackson, don't you? They, have you ever seen them walk like that? This is what they're doing. They are trying to keep their new Air Force Ones from creasing. And I always remember, we were sitting in my, my middle, I, I volunteer at G students. We were in our middle school small group. And my, my shoes have creases. And they're, like, they're like, Thomas, what are you going to do about your creases? And one pipes in, oh, no, he can iron them out. Another one is, oh, yeah, or you can just get new shoes. Like, absolutely not. Like, I am not going to walk like this. The rest, you're like a toddler. It's like, <laughs> but what the students were getting, and this is what I want to get on, is they have caught that something that looks unused and unworn is special. Are you catching this, church? And this is the kind of life that God wants to offer to you and I. This is what we've been invited into, is to become one with Christ, to experience a whole new life that is unworn, it is unused, it is fresh, and it is new. This is incredible. And I love, I just hear so many great stories of this life change. You know, I, got to, I get to be in Connect Step, and I hear stories of how people say, well, we, we, our marriage had no hope, and we become joining with Jesus, and it's changed our marriage. We have hope for our future. Or I hear the story of this one girl actually got saved in Connect Step, gave her life to Jesus in the room. And she shared about how she was never raised in church, and this so, looks so new and so wild, and the future's wide open. I mean, there's stories after stories of life change happening here at Grace of people experiencing a whole new life. But what's really key about baptism is it's offering to you and I a new identity. A new identity that you can get rid of your past identity and you can have a new one. And a lot of us might struggle still as Christians, and we should. I mean, the struggle with sin is to literally be alive. But right believing leads to right living which means before you watch your life change, you need to embrace a new identity in Jesus. You need to believe it about yourself. Believe the new identity because right believing will lead to right living. That's the fruit of you recognizing you have been made new with Jesus. 
And one of the best ways to start believing right is to get in God's word. And I'm going to share one of my favorite verses here. But before I do, let me just give you something that's been on my heart a little bit. I've recognized that it's not the verses I've memorized or the verses I recognize that changed my life. It's the verses that are in my bloodstream. It's the verses that I'm thinking about. My, my mentor, Jerry Daly, has taught me this. It's not the verses that you've memorized or the verses you recognize because some pastors preach it. Oh, I know Romans 8, 28. I've seen it before. Listen, those verses have very little impact on your life. It's the verses you think about. It's the verses you meditate on. And I've even been wondering, like, is a hundred days spent in one verse better than a hundred days spent in hundreds of verses? How many of you, be honest in church, how many of you have uh, gone to lunch and wondered, what did I read this morning in my devotionals? And you cannot remember. A few of us, I'm raising both hands. I'm like, sitting there, I'm a pastor. I should remember what I read from my devotionals. (laughs) But I've realized this. It's not the verses I've memorized. It's the verses I'm thinking about, not the ones I recognize. It's what I'm meditating on. And one verse I would very much encourage you to learn and think about is Galatians 2.20. And Paul is writing this, and this is a great example of baptism, right here, summarized in one verse. And here's what he says. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who what? Who loved me and gave himself for me. This is the new life. If you want to become new, if you want a fresh start, if you want to finally step into what God's called you to be, then this is the new life you've been offered. And this is why baptism is so important, is we actually look at ourselves. And Romans continues to tell this. You consider yourself new in Jesus. You consider yourself one with him and a new life. You reconcile, you, you, you consider yourself dead to sin. And I, I'm one who learns with visuals, so I got a visual. I do this for me, not for you. Don't worry. All right, what is this? This is a mirror. Probably wondering why does Pastor Thomas have a mirror? I'm going to try to blind some of you with some light. No, I'm just kidding. Here's the thing. A lot of you will say intellectually, oh, yeah, God loves me. But when you look in the mirror, do you actually say God loves me? You may think it here, but is it here? Is it in your heart? Has it moved from knowledge to revelation? You may have a history and issues, and you say, I know I'm forgiven. But then when you think about your next opportunity, you say, well, I'm, I'm still this. I'm still that. What my friend said about me, well, that kind of defines who I am. No, you need to start to recognize, all right, Jesus, if you say I am new, then when I look in the mirror, I say, that is a new person. He is brand new. He's been given a new opportunity. There is opportunity. There is blessing. There is favor in a relationship with God. My past doesn't define me. And you need to have the same thing. You are not your mistakes. If you have been baptized and you have joined Jesus, you are brand new. And your past is not defining you. What your parents said about you, what your boss said about you, any curses that were spoken over your life, that does not define you. From now on, who gets to define you? And what he says about you, you read the scriptures, you were predestined to be adopted. He loved you so much, he didn't just want to use you for great works. He wanted you in his family. You're a son. You are a daughter of God. Catch this. It starts with this. You need to actually reconcile. Your identity is brand new. And when you think about 
what God's asking you to do. You don't say, well, I'm not, I don't like worshiping. I don't wor-. No, God said, I'm a worshiper. I'm going to lift my hands whether I'm comfortable or not. You're thinking, well, uh, share the gospel with someone. I'm not a pastor. No, God says you have been entrusted with the message of reconciliation. He will help you do it. You need to start changing how you see yourself. Your new identity is free for the taking. Don't leave it on the table. You've been made new. There's the opportunity to become brand new in every part of your your life. And I I love hearing stories of this. I heard a story of this man named Chris. Chris was an absolute skeptic about God, did not believe, was not in there. But 82nd Airborne got stationed here at Fort Bragg, began to search, having questions. He came to church. He came to Grace Church. And in a Grace Church service, he gave his life to Jesus Christ. Amazing, right? Yes, let's go. Come on, God, save him. But like Chris figured out, and many of you who have been following Jesus more than a day, you realize we need discipleship. We need someone discipling us, and we needed to be discipling someone else. And so Chris knew he had still had questions. He hadn't had it all figured out. And so he went to our young adults ministry, which if you are 18 to 35, Wednesday night is your community here to be a part of. We can get people to know your name. And so he started to go into our young adults ministry. He joined a thing called a small group. Anyone, anyone heard of a small group before? A few of you have. There's a reason every pastor and every staff member is in a small group. It's changed our lives. And so he joined a small group. And he began to become discipled. He began to have his questions answered. His small group leader helped teach him how to follow Jesus. And then here at Grace Church, that small group leader got the privilege and honor of baptizing him in water. And the Chris that walks into church today is a completely different Chris than had walked in that first Sunday. These are the stories that are actually pretty common for people who are experiencing a new life and are celebrating it today with baptism. And I'm going to give you an opportunity. If you maybe are feeling stirred to be baptized yourselves, we have taken care of everything possible so you can do it. Baptism is so valuable. It's a gift. But now, I know some of you may be thinking, I have excuses why I won't be baptized. You're probably having these issues come up in your head, like right now. You're probably thinking, well, I was baptized as a baby. The truth is, Grace, doesn't matter if you were baptized a thousand times as a baby or if you were born in the ocean. If you didn't get baptized after deciding to follow Jesus, that was just you playing around the water. Listen, and I get it. I was born and raised Catholic. When you're born and raised Catholic, it's like straight out of the hospital into the water. It's like, boom, get him in there. <laughs> Anyone else relate with me a little bit? Yes. Pastor AJ knows we both similar backgrounds and and that's how it was. But, but if you're still thinking that's the reason not to get baptized, it's not in Scripture. And so you may be more committed to a church tradition than you are to God's Word. And you have an opportunity today. You can get baptized because it's your choice. When I got baptized, it was the most special thing because it was my choice. This is my walk with God, and I get to go public about it. It was special. Don't let these excuses hold you back. Now, some of you may be having the excuse of, I'm not dressed for it. Listen, Grace, we've got this down to a science. We're really good at this. We have every possible size and probably some sizes that will never be used in that room, mountains of towels, whatever you possibly could need, we already have it taken care of so you can get baptized. 
Now, where are my ladies? Well, one excuse I've heard from the ladies is, well, my hair looks so good today, and this makeup took time. I am, I am looking so fine. I am not going to go underwater. Absolutely not. <laughs> Listen, ladies, the people in this room will actually think you are more beautiful when you have drops of life change in your hair than you do look right now. What are you missing? Don't let this excuse hold you back from it. Now, your last excuse, I heard this also, is, well, I still have questions and I'm not sure. Great, we all still have questions. Let's take it to someone who can help. We have trained prayer ministers and people who can help you out. If in, the, in a moment, we're gonna let you get up and go to that green room, they can answer your questions, they can pray with you and make sure baptism is your right next step with Jesus. Everything you need, we've prepared it. Because we've realized this, the opportunity for you to become a new person, to associate your life with Jesus, and to find a fresh start where you can be all that God's called you to be. This opportunity is given to you in Jesus, and we enter that with baptism. So don't miss out on this. So a great example of scripture for this is 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a what? Someone say it again. Become a what? New person. The old life is gone and the new life has begun. If you want that fresh start, if you want to become new, if you want to join in Jesus in oneness, this is what you're offered. But it starts with you confessing that Jesus is your Lord and your Savior. He didn't just save you from sins and give you some golden ticket to get into heaven. He saved you because he has a purpose for your life. You were made on a purpose for a purpose. And he died for your sins so you could enter into relationship with him unhindered. And then he, because he's Lord, gets to decide what your money, your time, and your energy and your priorities are. Your first priority decides the rest. That's the way it works in life. He gets to become first priority. Have you stepped into this relationship? Have you accepted this? Now, one hindrance people often have between them and Jesus is this. And I told you about Galatians 2.20. 21 is an incredible verse. Check this out on the screens. I do not frustrate the grace of God. Do you know what frustrates God? It's not just like sin like you might think it is. You trying to right your wrongs, you trying to earn God's love, you trying to outweigh your bad deeds with good ones, you trying to obey the law in your own strength, this is what frustrates God. Why? Because if you could have, then Christ died in vain. If you could have done this without Jesus, then Jesus is, is died in vain. There's no need for him. But you and I need to catch this. We were given a new life by Jesus. And if you want a new life, you have to accept his help to help you walk away from a lifestyle of sin and walk into a new life with relationship that's fresh, that's brand new. Your past doesn't determine the future. So if everyone... I want to give you a chance right now. Whether you're watching online or at Seven Lakes, thousands and thousands of people have made decisions to follow Christ in this room before you. But we want to celebrate you. So if you're ready to take a step to follow Jesus, to accept that he died for your sins, he rose again from the grave, and he's offering you a fresh new life, then right now, wherever you are, raise your hand nice and high.
We want to celebrate you. We want to pray with you. Wherever you are, would you raise your hand? I see this hand in the middle of the row. Praise God. If you're online, go ahead and comment. We would love to get connected with you. Anyone else? I see this little hand right here. I see that hand in the back row. Praise God. Let's go ahead and celebrate with you. Thank you. Let's go ahead and pray. Everyone bow your heads and everyone prays. No one prays alone. Say, Jesus, thank you for forgiving me of my sin. I accept you as Lord and Savior. And because you still live, I know I will live a new life. Help me in Jesus' name. And someone said, amen. Come on, let's go ahead and celebrate those making decisions. That's amazing. That's amazing.